Weird. enthusiast and welcome to weird this is the podcast that gives you all the news that you can use to blow a fuse and it's all true my name's Aaron, and i am craig and we're going to be your host tonight or today or this morning or whenever it is really on this strange news spectacular and tonight's top story story this one comes from jules camerzel clifton tony clifton's niece our executive uh producer yeah executive producer california man arrested while trying to fix flat tires with gauze band-aids and I mentioned this last week to you, remember? Yeah, you did. You brought this up. Yeah, I was, uh, remember we were laughing about it because yes. that's something you would do. That's nothing I would do. Anyway, here's our story. All oh, the lovely lady. From California. Deputies in California responded to a report of a suspicious man parked next to a SUV on Monday. They said they found him trying to fix two damaged tires with gauze and band-aids. According to a Facebook post by the Orange County Sheriff's Department, Mission Viejo. Oh, Police services. I'll have the VAO platter, please. <laughs> the extra 20, beans. The twenty-six. The twenty-six-year-old man was attempting to use the medical strips and bandages to patch <laughs> the two tires. The man was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence and taken to jail. The uh, police services uh, group said at about six a.m. Uh, in the morning, an alert citizen. That's. One that's opposite of not alert. That's right. That's an alert. alert. Yeah, one that's not paying attention. This one was paying attention, and they noticed a suspicious man uh, next to a parked vehicle near Felipe and Barbadanes. Barbadanes? They they made a really good um, shaving cream, right? Yeah, they did. Hey, Felipe, (laughs) hurry up with that Viejo special. (laughs) Hey, no. Andale. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they called dispatch at this number I won't give you. When when the deputies (laughs) arrived, they noticed both of the driver's side tires were flat. And the 26-year-old man was trying to use gauze and Band-Aids to repair his tires. I mean, Way you know, old enough to know better. You don't know if you don't try. And no, you he, do. He probably, he he probably thought this do. has never been done before. Maybe he was trying to make um, uh, machete, uh, not machete, uh, machete. Uh, but paper mache. Paper machete. <laughs> I ain't scared of Those are great, machete. but you better hit them right the first time. Yeah. Anyway, he was arrested for being under the influence of drugs and taken to jail. It's another great example of teamwork. Between our alert community and your deputies. That was from the police department. Yeah, everybody, give my hand. Everybody, give my hand. You going to give my hand? <laughs> <laughs> I got the new soundboard, and I don't know where my applause went. So. <laughs> okay. At least you don't have the gimpy soundboard over here that just barely makes any noise. I wanted to say, uh, stick around after our top story. We got a little housekeeping. Housekeeping that we're going to take care of for the weird podcast you don't want to miss. So... Headline is, this story also submitted by our executive producer, Jules Camerzil Clifton. Man threatens another with sword over discarded dump cart. What's a dump cart? I will find out. All right. This comes to us. You know where it comes from, Craig? Uh, of course. Florida, I went desert. Comes to us from Broward County, Florida. As the saying goes, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. But can you bring a sword to a garbage fight? I don't think so. If they're asking me, I'd say no. You could bring whatever you want to a fight. I guess you could, but it doesn't make sense. I could bring you and then throw you at them. In Broward County, the answer is apparently yes, you can bring a sword to a garbage fight. 
The county sheriff is looking for information leading to a man who threatened another man with a sword over a dump cart that had been discarded for trash. The incident happened last month, but the Broward County Sheriff's Office just released it this week. Just now got around to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, here's this. Oh, yeah, we, we were supposed to do this already. It all started when a man went for a jog in his neighborhood and noticed the plastic dump cart. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of picked. I know what these are. They use them on construction sites. Usually okay, big, but, but it's, a pl- it's a plastic dump It's cart. a thick plastic that you put stuff in, and then you can just kind of tilt it over easily. And they're nice. I wouldn't mind having one myself. But anyway, so this guy was jogging. He saw this plastic dump cart. At the same time, a man in a pickup truck had already started digging through the items. A pickup truck. The jogger wanted the cart, but the other man was angry because he was there first, deputy said. Finders keepers, Craig. Firsties, worsties, right? Is that even a thing? They argued. (laughs) The jogger got out of the cart and pushed it home. I love how anemic my soundboard is. It's like you have to really listen for it. The jogger got... I like like how it is like you with a new toy on Christmas morning. You keep looking for buttons to push. What can I push? (laughs) The jogger wanted the cart. So he got he got it and pushed it home, but that's not where the uh, the fight ended. The where, driver, where, where, where did it end? The driver of the pickup followed the jogger home and got out of the vehicle with what looked like a stick, but instead it was a sheathed sword. Uh oh! He went. Whoosh. Uh-oh. I like to imagine when he takes it out, the guy said, "That's not a sword." And the other guy said, "Back up, you creep!" Deputy Get said in a release. <laughs> the two wrestled over the cart until the jogger told the man the incident was being recorded. The man left but threatened to come back. I'll come back, look, mister. <laughs> the jogger left the cart in the yard, and a short time later, a woman who deputies believe knows the man with the sword came to the property and took the cart as she yelled at the jogger. What do you think kept doing? Deputies are now looking for both the man with the sword and the woman who stole the stolen cart. I'm making a pledge right now. Are you really? I'm not using my soundboard the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so sad. You've already used it for a whole show's I'm worth. I'm so sad that it's not working. Well, it's working. I think I think uh, we've got issues with the cables. Yeah. Can I have that one you're using? No. Why? Because it's mine. Well, uh, can I have it? No. It's me on keyboard. This feature is one of our favorite places, Craig. Uh, uh, that's why it was included. This, this story was included because it needs to be, the world needs to know. Okay. Dairy Queen burgers are not made of human flesh. Oh, a county on. coroner is faced to confirm. Coroner? Coroner. I'm sorry, coroner. We're going to have to work on that eye. you Corn- got coroners. Coroners. <laughs> coroner. I was trying to say coroner. It came out coroner. Coroner. Are you okay? Coroner. Co- coroner. 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 Stand in the coroner. All right. <clears throat> Try this again. Dairy Queen burgers are not made of human flesh. A county coroner. <laughs> I haven't been into the Cognac. What's a county coroner hey, know hey, about? I haven't been in the Cognac. <laughs> What's a county coroner know about hamburgers? I don't know. We're going to find out. The entire ingredient list for a Dairy Queen hamburger, the company says, is beef from cows. Yes. Not from humans. Yum. Well, you don't get beef from humans. That's not beef. No, that's... That's, I'm glad there's not a name for that. <laughs> human flesh. Dairy Queen had occasion, had occasion. They can't just say they said. They had, oh, Dairy Queen had occasion. It is the queen. To clarify this on Friday, after a federal raid at one of its South Carolina what? restaurants set off a flurry of conspiracy theories about the fast food chain. At Dairy Queen, we are very proud. They're not even 
English, but I feel like they should speak that way. <laughs> it is a queen. Um, we are very proud of our 100% beef hamburgers. The company wrote on Twitter, we serve high quality hamburger with no additives or fillers. I don't know about that first half of that sentence. I'm sure there's no additives or fillers. I like their burgers. They're okay, but they're tiny. You also like double fist peanut butter parfaits when I it's, walk in. It's like thinner than bologna. It's like thinner than a slice <laughs> no, of bologna you would get at, the, at, at from Oscar Mayer. It's Meyer. no J&D, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it is not. Anyway, the J&D, main... J&D, sir? No. No, it sir. Is not. No, it sir. Is not. Good day. DQ. I not said good day. <laughs> I said good day. The mayhem seems to have begun Wednesday when federal agents surrounded a Dairy Queen location in Greenwood, South Carolina, as part of an investigation that also led them to a home and a convenience store and a neighboring park and then a, a school for a play. <laughs> and after they left the play, they went roller skating and then they, they had they balloon animals. They stopped by the water park. Don't forget that. the water park. When did we get ice cream? It led them to everywhere. Uh, the restaurant manager, Saif Momin, Momin, maybe Saif Momin, told the newspaper that the corporate inspector informed him that someone had complained about human meat oh, being inside grief. a burger. This is the type of thing Boy Scouts sit around and joke about. If that was the case, they already would have shut me down, Momin said. Not That's knowing anything audio. about that guy. I don't know anything about him. I, don't, no, no, I love his, his accent's He's great. He's got a great accent. He does. I love it. According to the Index Journal, uh, rumors apparently sprang from Momin, uh, Momin's comments with such force <laughs> that it left a bruise that the reporter found himself calling the Greenwood County coroner for an official statement that human beings were not, in fact, cooked into Dairy Queen hamburgers. Why are they call? I don't understand what the coroner's got to do with anything. Wouldn't they call like... I don't know. <laughs> FDA? Yeah, maybe. I don't FBI? know. FBI? I promise you, I've never had anything of that nature. I've never had anything of that nature ask of me. I've never suspected anything that's like exactly that. That's exactly how a coroner would talk to you. I can't. I've never had anything like that asked of me. That's right. I can honestly say... It's the first I've heard of it, and I don't see any validity in that at all. Uh, county but, corner, but then again, sunny I'm just a corner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, where'd you get those sunny socks? <laughs> <laughs> sunny Cox told the Index Journal. I don't know who this journal is, but they've indexed it very well. It's easy to find. Stuff. There's little to no chance of anything like that ever being able to happen. Two men face federal charges as a result of the FBI probe for allegedly running an unlicensed money transfer. Not for anything related to Dairy Queen's hamburgers. What? <laughs> it is tied to the story, but I don't know what that has to do with so the story. They, were they money launderers, I wonder? I guess they were, um, apparently. But what are these guys? I wouldn't sh- if I was the FBI, I wouldn't shut down a Dairy Queen but for wait. money laundering. But no, two men face federal charges as a result of the probe. For yeah, that's the run- probe that originally started the rumors. Because, <laughs> see, they... they, they uh, they did a search on this Dairy Queen, and people saw it, and then they said, well, that's because there's a there's a human meat in the burgers. Oh, but it actually was the guy it was, was money laundering. That's why they were there. I don't think our good friend would do that. You know, the guy talks like this. No, well, maybe not. I don't know, but he was hot, and, and when he speaks, you better duck, because it comes out with force. Yeah, apparently. Hey, this next one, though, that you're going to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, you notice I didn't ever give you any indication of which one you were going to be it reading. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, the next one, though, I, I wish it was a snake because it would really get to you. Because you <laughs> said you don't care about the actual, well, the creepy crawlers. You don't care. Now, so. spiders don't bother me whatsoever. I'm the go-to guy for spiders. If there's a spider anywhere, anybody in my house can say, Dad, spider, or a red spider. Well, he's got a Tommy gun. <laughs> I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> anyway. Headline is... 
Woman thinks she has water in her ear. Her what? Her hair. <laughs> so it's like water in her hair. We, how, how have we got 300 episodes when neither one of us I can don't speak? I don't know. Woman thinks she has water in her ear. Doctors find venomous brown recluse spider. Darn it. Now, if you take these, this headline and you break it into two, it's, it's two separate sentences that don't go together at all. Woman thinks she has water in her ear. Okay, there's a sentence. Yeah. And then doctors find venomous brown recluse spider. Yeah, he was just in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've found a brown recluse spider before. I didn't think I had water mayor. Hmm. It's a poorly written headline. That's my point. Either way, she had a spider in her ear. A woman from Kansas went to see a doctor. Wait, she, did they have any women in that band? <laughs> no, they didn't. Went to see a doctor when she believed she had water in her ear that wouldn't go away. Susie Torres left medical professionals baffled when they first checked her ear, expecting to find some trapped water. Don't you hate that when you got water? Don't care for that. Oh, it drives me insane. However. Short drive. On closer inspection, the nurse discovered what she believed to be an insect burrowed inside Torres' ear. Torres' ear. She ran out and said, I'm going to get a couple more people. And then she said, I think we have an insect in there, Torres said. At that point, Torres had no idea what kind of creature lay in her ear, so she stayed calm and didn't panic. When uh, more doctors came to inspect her ear, the Kansas wait, 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 wait. who's inspector ear, the Kansas when did he show up. The Kansas resident continued. She came back to me and said it was a spider. They had a few tools and worked their magic and got it out. How did you not aggravate the spider to not bite her trying to get it out? Hopefully it was dead. That was too close to her like brain. I wouldn't want a brown recluse that close to my brain you know, biting. Oh, yours would have to go way deep to be it'd close have, to your brain. It'd have to, it'd go, have to go like go microscopically. Like, it'd have to go all the way to the middle of your head and then, and then shrink look around. And then shrink. <laughs> Doctors... <laughs> Later informed Torres, it had actually been a highly venomous brown recluse spider hiding inside her ear. They don't. They said hiding like it's alive. <laughs> Fortunately, after a checkup, doctors were able to confirm that she hadn't been bitten by the dangerous creature. You know, Craig, a bite from a, a brown recluse spider can result in itching, muscle pain, increased Mo- muscle pain, <laughs> increased sweating, headaches, nausea, and fever. And height, according uh, to the Centers for Disease stature. Control and Prevention. The organization suggests... What? I think I skipped. The organization... Craig. The the organization suggests seeking treatment from a medical professional should anyone suspect they've received a bite from the venomous spider. Oh, I think you'll know. I'm pretty sure you're going to know. Doc, my arm fell off. When 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 your leg or arm start rotting... Although Torres doesn't know whether the spider or where the spider came from or how it managed to get into her ear, she's relieved she'll be now uh, she'll now be taking precautions to protect her ears from creepy crawlies when she sleeps in the future. What are the odds? What I, are the I've odds? I've seen other insects like uh, uh, roaches have gotten in people's ears, but usually they're in uh, conditions like you know. These poor kids that live in the you know like slums and yeah, they got yeah. like rat bites and right. stuff like That's that sad, and, sad. And, and cockroaches and stuff. But I mean, anybody could get a anybody where brown recluse. Oh, they find them everywhere. So the thing is, it's not like you have to give them anything other than darkness. What's going to make him go? Hmm, I'm going to crawl up there and I'm going to crawl into that ear. Uh, what were the odds of that? I don't know. Maybe they thought it was. Maybe she was sleeping so still that they thought that this was just a great cubby hole they could hide in or get some rest. 
Because if you're a brown recluse, you need rest. What you need your a, rest. What if it was a hermit crab? Because then, <laughs> then they're like, you know how they take over a shell? <laughs> yeah, she, she wakes up and finds a shell on her pillow. No, she, what's this? What's this? <laughs> the shell fairy came. He's like, get out of my head. No, I don't want to. Is that how they all talk? Yeah, no. No, man, I'm not going to come out of here. I like this shell. <laughs> Under the sea. <laughs> this is my head. Oh, it's not, man. All right. Well, that wraps up the first few stories. Now we got the big story coming up next. So stick around. We'll be right back right after this. Have band theme boxes sent right to your door for just $49 a month. Each curated band box includes two brand new vinyl records by the same popular, critically acclaimed artist, an illustrated track-by-track listing guide, and an exclusive magazine about the featured band or singer. Don't want the records we send you? Exchange them for any title in our catalog. Pause or cancel your subscription anytime. Go to bandboxrocks.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout to get your first month for half off. All right, Craig. Well, we were gone, but just a moment. Have you ordered your band box yet? No. I finished uh, the Alpha Project, by the way. Got through all my uh, all my you albums. Got through all those? 440 something albums. How's I started, that possible? I started in early March. Pretty much listened to every album. Every day. Yeah. Now I'm on the Beta Project. Now, what's that? I'm listening to all my cassette tapes. Oh, I see. But not in order. Should that be Project C? No. For cassette? No, Project C is going to be compact discs. Oh. <sighs> But anyway, we got tonight's big story. Well, well, I mean, I want to also say that just because I haven't subscribed, it's mainly because the only turntable I have is buried under rubble right now. I can't get to it. Barney so. Rubble. Oh, hey, Fred. <laughs> I'm telling you, last month's band box was like Christmas. There were three albums packed inside, two of them from Weezer. Anyway, you know what time oh, it is? Oh, I like Weezer. Big story. It's time for the big story. This is our new segment here on Weird. So each week on Weird, we're going to focus on a weird story that deserves more attention than the usual stories we bring you. In other words, we're going to be digging deep. We're going to get our, put our journalist hats on. Did you get your journalist hat in the mail? I, I, it didn't come in. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, I got mine. And by the way, tonight's big story, I've wrapped up literally. We're going to die. One minute before I had to leave the house to you're meet gonna you. Get a, you're going to get a suicide. I mean, at B. Larry Studios yeah, in Massachusetts. You are going to get a suicide if you keep this up. We In cannot all fairness, continue. just keep going on this until finally everybody we know is gone. Let me state this as a fact. Craig is against the Clinton stories. Yeah, he, I, he's totally against them. I am, I'm kind of having to twist his arms to do it, but I say... Because, hey, I don't want to be suicided. I'm a 25-year-old man with my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> and boy, it sure is cold out there in Massachusetts this morning. Oh, Frost on the ground. What are you talking about? I thought we were in Nova Scotia. No, sir. No, you may be. Oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm not. I'm not where he I'm is. I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in, I'm in Nova Scotia. So uh, now, of, of course, okay, well, first of all, this is where we're going to bring you like stuff like the conspiracy theories, the UFO stories, the real-life monsters. We should also clarify, we have no evidence, so there's no reason to kill us. I got we're, no evidence. We're just reading the news. That's all right. So if you happen to hear this, Phil or Billery <laughs> Senton. Hiller Billery. Hiller Billery <laughs> Flinton. Uh, we are just regurgitating the news. We're not, we have nothing. We could not sit in a court of law. We could not testify. We have no reason to suicide ourselves because we know we couldn't. No, get I'm it. very happy with my life right now, Craig. I don't know about you. Yeah. And, you know, then you got camera malfunctions to deal with. <laughs> anyway, um, this is where we're going to talk about Bigfoot, Mothman, Clintons, just really strange stuff. Now, of course, you were, were just, redundant just then. You said, big, you said Bigfoot, Mothman, Clinton's. Clinton's. 
Uh, we're just covering these stories because they're weird, Craig. That's it. That's all we're doing. Not in a court of law. We couldn't do anything about that. We're not necessarily saying that we even believe them. No, we're just regurgitating the yeah, news. So kind of just keep that in mind. But we do want to talk about it. And so really, I, I think really we just want to spend time here to really emphasize the fact that there's no reason to suicide us for none, this. None whatsoever. I'm perfectly happy with my life. Yes. I have doubled my life insurance since we started this series. I even took life insurance out on him because he's a slow runner. <laughs> okay. Now, now it's time. For the big story. Craig. What? We covered, uh, last week we discussed kind of the opening part of the Clinton body count. Mm-hmm. And this is the Clinton body count part two. Dos. Dos. I was making that available for our non-English speaking friends. Go. Yes. So we're going to be discussing tonight the deaths of Kevin Ives and Don Henry. And what makes this important. Don Henley? Not Don Henley, Don Henry. Oh. Two young men that had their whole lives ahead of them. Now you're going to ask as we're going, we're going to we're going to get to the story here in just a second. But our listener is going to say, "How does this connect to the Clintons?" This is these are the, actually the first two murders on the on the Clinton body count official list. Yes. How does it connect to the Clintons? Well, just this year, a few months ago, uh, a pro wrestler named Billy Jack Haynes. Uh-huh. Do you remember him from the 80s? Did you watch WWF at all? No. Up? He used to fight. Oh, he teamed up with Hulk Hogan for a while. I mean, he was a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. And then the fake wrestling, yes. Um, whatever. Billy Jack. It's real to me, man. I'm just kidding. Billy it's Jack. Not. So Billy Jack Haynes uh, appeared on the Doc Washburn show on 1029 KARN earlier this year. Now, I've got, a, I've got about a minute and a half of audio from that interview. The interview is 30 minutes long. And you can hear it for yourself on YouTube. Just uh, check Billy Jack Haynes. Just just search for Billy Jack Haynes, and it's probably going to be because it's not our evidence. Actually, I put and and something about railroad tracks in there. Now, Billy Jack claims to have been at the scene where these kids were murdered, and he kind of points the fingers, both of them, at Bill and Hillary. So now, how how old were these two people that died? Uh, they were sixteen years old. Why would you kill them? No, you wouldn't. Well, the story goes like this. They went out hunting one night. Uh-huh. And uh, they took a, a flashlight. They were illegally deer hunting at night. They were uh-huh. spotlighting deers. Now, uh-huh. their mom... Poaching, we would call that. Yeah, their their mom actually admits that and talks about it on, uh, on a different interview. For this story, I really did my homework, Craig. I mean, that's a first for you. <laughs> well, it really is. And and I want to thank you, too, because you have taken over the top half of the show as far as gathering stories. And that's taken a load off of me. And it's it's awesome. I really do appreciate it. Take a load off. But anyway, let's get to this audio. This is this comes to us before we start the story. This guy adds weight to, to what they what they're saying. I was wrestling King Kong Bundy in Detroit, Joe Louis Arena. And what happened is I received an envelope to uh, call home, more or less emergency to me, because that's where my uh, uh, blind father who raised me was. So I opened it up, the envelope, uh, Doc, and uh, it had a 501 number, and I knew the number was because I had talked to the person before, and that was uh, Bill Clinton, Governor Bill Clinton of uh, Arkansas. I called the number. And uh, Bill Clinton was on the other end, but before he wanted to make sure who I was, he quizzed me on a few things and where we had first met. And I said in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, with Barry Seal, 
He goes, where do we do business at? And uh, I told him uh, in West Palm Beach, uh, 1984, Florida. And uh, he said, okay, it's great. And uh, hi, Billy, how you doing? And that's how it went. I said, hey, hi, Bill, how are you? And asked me if I wanted to do business the same as we did in Florida. In other words, for the same amount. And uh, I said, yes. He said, well, I'll have a uh, ticket for you for tomorrow. And um, out of Detroit to Little Rock. And that would be August 22nd, 1987. And he said, do you remember uh, the sheriff, which I met uh, there at Rose Law Firm? That was Sheriff Jim Steed. And I said, yes, I do remember him. And he said, well, he'll, he'll pick you up. And he'll take you to the governor's mansion where uh, I would then meet him and his wife, Hillary. So from there, uh, on the way in, um, you know, he had told me over the phone, I forgot to tell you to bring a baseball cap. And if I had a wrestling mask, and I said, yes, I did. I had a black wrestling mask. He said, bring it in because you want to come in incognito because at that time people knew who I was from wrestling. And uh, I said, you got it. So when uh, we got to the uh, mansion, the governor's mansion there in Little Rock, um, Steed, uh, Sheriff Steed got out, I believe, opened up the gate, the front gate, and we drove around the circle to the front. And uh, I went inside and, and met Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, and Jim Steed remained outside. The only people that I saw was Bill and Hillary. Wow. And um, uh, shook hands with both. And they told me about the drops that were being stole out of Alexander and that they wanted me there. And um, the situation was, was two Arkansas State police officers that were stealing the drops. I believe he said two drops were stole with uh, half a million to a million cash and 10, 15, 20 kilos, which is over a million dollars. So uh, my job was to... Uh, okay. To that's finish the, that sentence, Billy. That's all the audio Did, did he got. get suicided? Uh, no, he's still alive. Oh, this was goodness. earlier this year. I've been so concerned about him. I've, I watched a couple of his interviews this week, and he, he is concerned, and that's why he has recorded his whole testimony if a hitman comes to him though he's gonna pile drive him <laughs> he's old now but anyway he, so he he has given this video to both of the parents that that these kids belong to and he's got them uh from what i understand he's got various copies hidden all over okay so what we know so far is in 1987 these two kids were murdered yeah we have not gotten into the details of what happened we haven't and i wanted to, to, to play that because uh, he's I'm just catching the listener up. Yeah, and he said that the guilt of the last 30 years has almost killed him. I bet. Uh, that he's lived with this. He's wrestled with it for years. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I was going to. Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, mine's not even working over here. So he's, the story goes that these kids were out hunting, walking down the train tracks, and they came across uh, a, an actual drop, the, the drugs and money okay. drop from an airplane. And... Um, they didn't try to take any of it, but they saw the men picking it up. Oh, and no. so you never want to see that. So let's go ahead and read uh, read this this story. And that audio, by the way, once again came from the Doc Washburn Show on one hundred two 
99.9 K-A-R-N, and I certainly appreciate it. Nice. Yes. So the murder, let me start this off. Go the, ahead. The yeah. murder in Saline County is a salty tale. <laughs> get, get it? Because it's, it's saline. saline. Yeah. <clears throat> in 1987, of 17-year-old Kevin Ives and 16-year-old Don Henry, uh, has spurred ongoing controversy. Controversy. I said that really weird. Didn't you I? Did? No, you controversy, said Controversy, including conspiracy theories tying their deaths to uh, a drug smuggling scandal. The case was the subject of journalist Mara Leverett's award-winning book, The Boys on the Tracks. Now I want to read that award-winning book. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order that book myself. Okay, on Sunday, August 23rd, 1987, at around 4 a.m., the bodies of the two boys were spotted by the crew of a Union Pacific locomotive near Crooked Creek, apparently named yeah, Trestle. Appropriately named. Yeah, that's what sure. I meant. In Alexander, uh, Pulaski, in the Saline counties. The bodies were lying between the tracks, wrapped in a pale green tarp. There was a gun nearby. The train was unable to avoid running over the bodies. The train's crew immediately reported the incident to railroad officials and to local law enforcement at Benton uh, in Saline County, where the train had come to a full stop. So they wanted the bodies to be found. Yeah, apparently. Yes, and, and, and we'll talk about that shortly. By 4.40 a.m., local and state police had arrived at the scene and began investigating. At first, local officials treated the incident like an apparent suicide, despite the objections of the train Because crew. when you kill yourself, you usually wrap yourself in a tarp. <laughs> it cuts down on the mess. Reportedly, no tarp was found by the police, Craig. Oh, so, But they did take in a shattered twenty-two caliber rifle as evidence. That's what the boys were hunting with. Okay. So, best friends uh, Kevin Ives and Don Henley. Uh, Not Don Henley. Sorry, Don Henry uh, had been out hunting late on Saturday night, August 22nd, but when they could not be found the next morning, the parents began searching for them. The spot where the bodies were found was about a half a mile, I'm sorry, was about a mile from the home of Henry's family in Alexander. On Monday, local officials contacted the Ives and Henry families after the two boys had been identified conclusively through dental records. Uh, the story was covered statewide and soon went national. State officials, including the state medical examiner, Dr. Fami Malek. Oh, now, we, remember that name. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we talked about him last because he yeah. was in uh, the Night at the Museum. He played <laughs> Freddie Mercury. In, uh, he, will, he plays a pretty important role in this cover-up. He ruled the boy's death as an apparent suicide, despite the fact that all four parents disputed the ruling. Um, a week after Ives and Henry were buried... Their parents were summoned to the office of the state medical examiner. Malik said that these were two accidental deaths due to THC intoxication. So it's the component of marijuana. They've yep. been smoking marijuana is what they're saying. What he tried to say? That's the stuff they take out of CBD oil. Right. Malik's, it's stuff that makes you high. Yeah. Malik's theory was that the two boys had smoked enough marijuana that they simply fell asleep on the tracks that night before being run over. Makes no sense. Local authorities did not question because, well, it just seems odd they'd be hunting and, and smoking and weed, smoking, but you know, with a gun because you don't want. I mean, the deer would smell that. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you were really hunting, yeah, for real. Well, of course, well, if you were really hunting, you probably wouldn't be using a twenty-two for deer. But that's just well, kid, beside the, the fact. The, the parents say that they told them they were hunting. Maybe they were going out to party. Maybe they Could did smoke exact, marijuana. Or, um, local authorities. Did not question Malik's findings, but the parents were motivated to conduct their own investigations. According to Leverett, Malik was accused by his own staff of keeping outdated crime lab stationary. 
I hate when I go into a place, somebody's writing me a note on their stationery, and it says 1983. It's or so outdated. 75, whatever. I want something that says Don't today's Don't write on that. It'll make you sick. It's, it's, it's outdated, okay? Uh, which he allegedly falsified findings uh, in autopsy reports just before certain cases went to court. So he was, he was fudging the numbers. He was like... <laughs> in a big way. Yeah. He was... He was, uh, he was playing around with the yes. numbers moreover the hospital where the boys were taken and examined kept no records of their presence there and it probably had two camera malfunctions while they were here too the hospital clerk told an investigator per leverett that's why families were not billed oh they how, were billed however right. billed clinton oh <laughs> allegedly oh <coughs> sorry. i don't know that you but done that got was, billed. That was Aaron talking on me. Why is James crying? Because he did, just got billed on. I did not kill those boys on the railroad tracks. The train did. Some wrestler did. Death by choo-choo. I know Why you boys are doing Bush? a podcast. What I do, what I and do. And I don't like your subject matter. <laughs> just not creepy <laughs> enough. you got to work on it. However, a medical report found by an EMT at the tracks that night noted that the boy's blood looked like it lacked oxygen. Wow, you can tell that by looking? It was going... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny. Raising <laughs> questions about... Well, we, we don't think it's funny, but no, no. it's been a long time. You got you to... Inject- so you're saying it's not too soon? It's not too soon. It's not a good thing, but to kind of lighten up the mood a little, you know, throw a little something in there now and throw then. Throw a little something, something. Raising questions about whether Ives and Henry were already dead when the train hit them. Some would say, metaphorically, they were already dead before the train hit them. Yeah. You're already dead, and the train hasn't even hit you yet. (laughs) You know what I mean? I hear you. So metaphorically and physically, they were possibly dead before the train. I don't know. You're just confusing me now. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, let's jump to March 1988. Oh, I'd love to. I love 1988. That was the year I got married. Really? Darn it. Well, I was going to say, I had a pretty good year. <laughs> so in March of 1988, uh, the parents of both of these boys announced that Dr. James Garrett of San Antonio, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. What did Dr. J have to do with this? Uh, had given a second opinion on Malik's findings, or Malik, how are you saying? Malik is what I've been saying. Malik, okay. Garrett concluded that it was highly unlikely for any amount of THC exposure to have the effects that Malik had let Malik. <laughs> had alleged consistency and that the only truly reliable test for the presence of drugs in the boys systems mass spectrometry had not been performed i've got one of those another toxicologist dr arthur j mcbray of north carolina <laughs> his name rhymes said that Mollick's con- conclusions were very bizarre how and, bizarre and that he had never heard of anyone becoming unconscious from exposure to any amount of thc well, they could have been sleepy. However, Salem County Sheriff... Wait, if there would have been Cheeto bags around them, then you would have known okay, that that's what it was. See if you recognize this name. Salem County Sheriff James H. Steed Jr. Do you remember that name? Mm. It was just brought up to us by Billy Jack Haynes. That's the sheriff he met. Right. Reportedly told the Benton Courier... I thought his name was James Allen Steed for some reason. Uh, told the Benton Courier that there was nothing at the tracks that night to suggest that it was nothing more than a strange accident. Linda Ives, the mother of Kevin Ives, criticized Steed's administration in a letter she had published in the Benton Courier. After that, Dan Harmon, the parents' lawyers, or lawyer, made a deal with Steed in February of 1988. If the parents would withdraw their criticism of Steed and support him, they would get the investigation they had wanted. Well, that's all not on. how that works. That's not how that works. I mean, that, that, that right there just screams, and that's documented. I mean, that's been proven. 
So six months after the incident, a three-day-long hearing was held at the Saline County Courthouse in Benton with the Ives and Henry families hoping to get a new ruling. With the help of attorneys Don Henry and Richard Garrett, Mollick's ruling of accidental death was, in fact, overturned, but the result was hardly definitive. On February the 26th of 1988, five days after the hearing, the cause of the boy's death was changed from accidental to undetermined. Following the discovery of new information, after a second autopsy of the boys' bodies by Georgia medical examiner Dr. Joseph Burton. So they exhumed the bodies and did a second autopsy. Oh gosh. The case was put before a grand jury in April of 88. That May, an editorial in the Benton Courier posted the possibility that the boys may have been murdered. A month after that, the grand jury ruled the deaths a probable homicide. Before leaving Arkansas, Burton told Garrett that per his calculation, the two boys had smoked only one or two joints of marijuana before their deaths. Uh, Malik had said that they had smoked 20. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe if they got it out of that bag they found. Yeah. No, that was cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. Well, NBC's hit show, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, that's the best Robert Stack. That was bad. Unsolved Mysteries. You just have to whisper when Welcome you talk to Welcome to Unsolved him. Mysteries. Features a segment on the case of fall of 1988 when asked about his thoughts on the case by host Robert Stack. Garrett alleged, uh, alleged the boys saw something they shouldn't have seen, and it had to do with drugs. Well, we figured that out in the first two Absolutely. minutes of this whole thing. Despite the grand jury's announcement that the boys' deaths uh, may have been related to drug trafficking, Sheriff Steed refused to allow any funds to aid in the investigation. Steed had also lied uh, about where he had sent the boys' clothes for examination. Great sheriff you got there, He's great. Bill Clinton. Uh, per Leverett, Steed sent the clothes to the Arkansas State Crime Lab, not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, as he was supposed to do. Steed was not reelected as county sheriff uh, following his involvement with the case. Good. The focus of the investigations turned toward allegations that their deaths had something to do with drug trafficking, and some additional people thought uh, to be connected with the deaths or have information. People who knew each other and supposedly knew things about uh, what Leverett calls the county's drug underworld. Two days after Steed lost the election, Keith McCaskill, one of Harmon's informants in the case, who was asked by Harmon to take aerial photographs of the crime scene, was murdered. How about that? How about that? <laughs> how about that? Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Kill me outside. How about Kill that? Kill me outside. About that, about that ravine. How about that? That's terrible. McCaskill, who was also a well-known manager of a local club on the Saline County-Pulaski County line. That's who he was, rather. Um, on January 22nd, 1989, uh, another good year, by the way. Oh, that was a great year, 26-year-old Greg Collins, uh, who had been called to testify, testify before the grand jury, died from three shotgun blasts to the face. Holy, oh, my gosh. I think one would have done it. Yes. Pretty sure. In addition, just weeks before, Collins' friend Keith Coney, he's the guy we talked about that owns the island. Yeah, no, great hot dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, who is also, he's the hot dog king yeah. of Arkansas. That's right. Keith was on our list, and I, I believe uh, the, the other fellow was, too. Well, he died in a motorcycle McCaskill. accident. Yeah. By so, March 89, another- his motorcycle res- accidentally had bullets yeah. coming out of it. <laughs> accidentally drove him over a cliff or something. 
Um, let's see. By March of 89, another recipient of a subpoena to appear before the grand jury, Daniel Booney Bearden. See what his friends did there? Booney. Daniel Booney. Yeah. Uh, he had disappeared. Another death supposedly connected with the case was that of 21-year-old Jeffrey Edward Rhodes, whose body was found in a landfill uh, in April of 89. The deaths were ruled homicides in March 90 after yet another investigation, but per the Arkansas Gazette, there were no reported arrests. Of course not. You're starting to get a picture here that maybe Arkansas is under the thumb of somebody. Yes, and a lot of people being paid off. If you send your clothes to the local crime lab where there's people on the payroll mm-hmm. you know you're going to get different results than when you actually send them to the fbi crime lab More like the yokels yes sir all right jumping on to september the 10th 1991 oh, what a night. four years after the deaths of kevin and don the announcement of Malek's resignation appeared in the arkansas gazette with governor bill clinton's presidential campaigning campaign beginning at the same time some alleged that Malek had made a deal with clinton but Malek reportedly denied there. No, I did not do that. In 1994, the Clinton Chronicles, a propaganda video purporting to connect Bill Clinton to various crimes, was released. We need to watch that. The deaths of Ives and Henry were among those to which Bill Clinton was supposedly connected. Okay, that's why we're talking about all this in the first place. The Clinton, the Clinton Chronicles advanced the conspiracy theory that while governor of Arkansas, Clinton had a connection to the scandal. And according to our friend Billy Jack Hayes, he had a... He was kind of the ringleader of the whole thing. And you notice Billy Jack Hayes also mentioned another name. That's the guy uh, that was the uh, focus of the Tom Cruise movie, American Made, uh, came out last year. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Okay. Um, Harmon, who had represented the Ives and Henry, par- uh, both of their parents, uh, was convicted of racketeering. This is the attorney that represented the parents. He was convicted of racketeering, conspiracy, extortion, and drug possession with intent to distribute. This is a well-known attorney who had tons of money and a great reputation uh, that was convicted of all this stuff. Leverett says in her book that his conviction and the resulting 11-year prison sentence handed down in 98 proved to the boys' parents, at least, that their son's deaths had occurred in an environment of local corruption. Despite the exhaustive collection of details that Leverett provides in the book, she offers no answers to the questions it raises. So this case continues to be unsolved. Wow. Yeah. Then August 2016. Go forward. A new lawsuit was filed by Linda Ives citing a violation of the Freedom of Information Act by local and federal officials or stonewalling. Stonewalling. What was that? Stonewalling. <laughs> yeah, have you been on yes, I'm at THC in your system? I have no THC. Thank you. Uh, in relation to the boy's death, on November 15th, 2017, a federal judge ordered three defendants in the suit, the Executive Office of U.S. Attorneys, the Drug Enforcement Administration, and the Department of Homeland Security, to turn over for private review um, documents that had formally been redacted. The judge dismissed several other agencies from the suit, including the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, the U.S. State Department, the FBI, the Arkansas State Police, the Saline County Sheriff's Office, and the Bryant uh, Police Department. It was reported in February 2018 that former World Wrestling Federation wrestler Billy Jack Haynes had recorded a video testimony we spoke about already in which he claimed to have witnessed the murders of Ives and Henry while providing security for a drug trafficking drop in 87. So 
We didn't hear that in his. No, that video he recorded. Uh, we didn't hear this part, but he was there when they killed him. Yes, that's what he said. Well, th- yeah. that incriminates him as an accessory. Exactly. And it there's does. no statute of limitations on that. The thing is, he uh, produced this video and put it online. And now it's nowhere to be found. Certain people have seen it. Well, you got, I searched and searched. You found for a clip it. somehow. No, that was an that was an audio interview he did earlier this year. So the, this video has gone missing. It, apparently, it has. I bet it's in the darker parts of the web. Now, uh, a couple of the stories that I've read and watched uh, during the research of this week, like I said earlier, he's got copies of this video all over the place. So if anything happens to him, oh, yeah. it will hit right. news. It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. The truth is out there. The truth dun, 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 is but out there. not enough truth coming from us to want to suicide us, though. I'll tell you, I saw one clip of some newscasters that had seen the video, and something in it made them believers. And these are newscasters on a popular station. I think you usually can tell when you're watching somebody talk. You can pick up. At least I can. I can, I can pick up. Um, usually, I get, a, I, I get the whiff of, of a bunch of bull, if it's a bunch of bull. Yeah. And if, you, if someone is... I mean, it, you're good about that too. Yeah, I mean, you could. I've been around you when we were talking to people, and they leave, and you say, "Listen, yeah, <laughs> I sense something here." Yeah, there's and you're something always right. right so um, I trust you, but but you, I guess not everybody picks up on that. But I, I would say that a lot of times you get the. And it's easy, you know. Certain people are are good at it. They're they're con artists, and yeah. the other ones like this, you start wondering. And of course, that's what makes a great urban legend too. Is sure if it's just enough believable. That you can go, wow, you know, that and actually. Well, the story uh, thickens as the the news journalist that I was watching tell the story said that they looked into Billy Jack Haynes' life. He has nothing to gain from releasing this information. All he's doing right. is relieving. He's trying to purge himself of guilt. Exactly. And he's getting older. Uh, he's got no money. Now, there was video of him with the boy's parents. And, of course, they're all friends now. Uh, that he's come out and shed this light on it. and He uh, was there as security for picking up the drop, right? Yes. So why would you need that? If you've got thugs that are in the business already, why do you need this guy to keep him honest? Apparently he was... Well, now, in the first part, I only played a few minutes of the interview. Uh-huh. He does talk about that and how he was born into crime. Uh, he doesn't know who his father is, for one thing. There's four or five people that it could be, and all of them are bad guys. But he was he was born to be a criminal in his own words. He got into wrestling, but the crime never left him. Uh, Bill Clinton was impressed by his stature. You know, he's mm-hmm. a big man uh, and his mean and toughness. And so, I just wonder. I mean, was he there by allegedly by the Clintons? Was he was he there to uh, keep the other guys that are involved? In other words, two parties there to keep him honest. Yeah, accountability. I think so. And think and so. then these guys turn around, kill these two kids who walked up on it. Yeah. And, and that, that's scary to think that you could walk up on something at any given moment and just be at the wrong place. Yeah. And the big, big thing of this story is the cover-up. I mean, it's been proven that it was not suicide. You don't commit suicide by shooting yourself in the back of the head and then laying down on a train track. So we could say, really, to surmise all this, this is a really good whodunit weird thing that has a sprinkling of a future president mixed in with it. Yeah. We don't know if... He was calling the shots or what was going on. We know that he was part of it, possibly, right? Yeah. I, I'm just trying to play the play the game yeah. here. I'm, you know, I, you know, I, I yeah. And I, if, if if you listener are are curious, just go to YouTube, pull up Billy Jack Haynes. It's very interesting stuff. I've really had a good time uh, researching this. This yeah, don't watch the movie Billy Jack. That's gonna be a totally different. <laughs> you, you, I don't know. You'll it's be not. confused. You'll be confused. 
Hey, let us know what you think about the big story. Comment or message us on Facebook. Facebook is the easiest way to get in touch with us. If you don't have Facebook, go to weirdnewspodcast.com and you can leave us an email there. We'd love to know what you think about the big story. Uh, we would love to know if you missed something we used to carry, uh, some segments we used to have that we don't have anymore, or if you got ideas about other segments we can help you with. And, Craig, we got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. I don't like housekeeping. <laughs> Starting in September, we're going to be releasing the Weird Podcast every Monday. We're doing that now. No, we're doing it on Friday That's now. right. That's what I meant. <laughs> so we're going to be uh, – it's going to be a weekly because it takes so much time to put – put together the way we're doing it now in the format we're doing it but it'll be available every monday and that's starting in september and also we're about to switch our podcast carrier <laughs> this is news to me by the way <laughs> well thanks for the band a, meeting I update i saw part of the video yeah. i saw part of the live stream and we've been with libson since the beginning and they've been fantastic we've really loved them there's a brand new uh, uh provider for podcasts coming out that has sort of a, a repository it's got a lot of advantages uh, for shows like ours so plus it keeps us anonymous so if somebody comes looking for us <laughs> that's right and it's been tested and tested but if there is some sort of glitch just let us know uh so we'll have no other episode there'll be no this with after this episode the next one will be the first monday of september you got it boom 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 Dun, dun, dun. Yep, that's it. All right. That's what we're talking about. Very, very well, good. Unless something strange happens between now and then. Oh. Back up, you creep. <laughs> My little anemic. Help. I'd like to say hello to my pops. Hey, Dad. Oh, also, Craig, before we go away, thank you to all the listeners that are so concerned about our safety. Oh, that is so nice of them. We got I got emails this week from people that have never spoken to us before, but saw what we were well, doing. again, anyone listening to this, if you've made it this far without loading up your gun, we, uh, we, we're just reading. We don't know. That's right. We don't have any evidence. I think we all know. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. I told you to start talking about the place. Time to move to Nova Scotia. I don't know. I, I kind of like it up here in Wisconsin. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Tuesday. Where are you? Pick your mind. I don't want to go there. I can't do Nice, tropical. You can't do it if you are not. I can leave all my friends behind. Please don't suicide me. Please don't suicide me. Please don't suicide me. Back up, you creep.